This feels weird to say after six months away, leaving Villanova University, we are in three different cities, but sports talk therapy has returned. How are we feeling about it? It's a glorious return. That's what it is. Triumphant, some might say. Feeling great. Nothing's really, nothing's really changed. Uh, still hanging out. I'm still in the mobile office. And, uh, still in the mobile yeah. office. Classic. <laughs> Absolutely classic. This is, just, just for context for everybody out there, it is currently 9.41 p.m. on a Wednesday, and Sean is still working. That's grit. That is grit. That's hardcore grit right there. We're uh, we're just working on sports talk therapy. That's all, right? There, there it is. Love that's to hear. All it. you need. It's your primary source of employment, and <laughs> anything else is honestly. It's I should I should enforce the non compete clause in your contract. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we were just discussing before this, but for the structure of the show, obviously it's not going to be our normal show layout because we've been six months away. We're not just going to hop into like, oh, all that week six NFL action. We have a lot more to talk about. Um, When we saw each other all in New York a couple weeks ago, I forgot, like one of us mentions, like, yeah, we didn't do the draft, which is usually our holiday. So I guess we'll work the rookies into there somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I guess our structure for the beginning is name a story from the last six months. I'll let either one of you start, and we're going to talk about it for a few minutes and uh, give you our thoughts. I guess I'll hop in first because I honestly don't know what I'm doing here. I'm kind of lost. So, uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> we'll go with <laughs> we'll go with uh, the Cardinals. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Kyler. A couple years in now, Cliff Kingsbury looks like a good enough coach. But what I think really changed down there was, I don't know, they picked up J.J. Watt. Something changed, like, attitude-wide, culture-wise, and they play a dangerous brand of football. They played very good defense. The offense is electric. And I don't know. If you told me the Cardinals were going to be 5-1 and one leading the NFC, would I have believed you? 6-0. and oh. Probably not. Yeah, that's um, but yeah, we've got someone real contending with the Bucks now. Uh, I'm not buying the Cowboys, so I think it's a two-team race. And uh, yeah, uh, for Collins' sake, we'll write down Aaron Rodgers too. But yeah, I'll go with the uh, the Cardinals. Sort of that attitude shift from I don't know. I mean, the last time the Cardinals were good was in the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. So it's been uh, been quite a while, and I guess good to see you out there in the desert. I mean. You guys might take this as me being bitter based off – and I'll talk more about the Browns later. We will have a dysfunctional team commentary, so I'll talk more in depth about the Browns a little bit later. But uh, the Cardinals, I think, are a good team. They are the only 6-0 team in the NFL. I think that it they don't make a very far playoff run because if you look deeper into some of these wins, yes, the Rams one was impressive. Yes, well, Cleveland's been a bit shaky, but that was impressive as well. This is a team that needed a last-second missed field goal to beat Minnesota, really struggled with Jacksonville, and then wins over Tennessee, and the 49ers are good as well. By no means at all am I saying the Arizona Cardinals are bad. I'm not trying to rain on this parade at all. I am just not ready to crown them as like, oh, yeah, Super Bowl contender. And, Sean, I I know that – my homerism's playing in here. Yours might be a little bit too there. I think the Cowboys are a much better team than Arizona. Yeah, I mean, Cowboys maybe. Good, but maybe I'm, also are good. Maybe I'm just upset my team's 
very bad <laughs> again. But hey, you never know. It's all right, Sean. They have Joe Judge. He's a stud. Kadarius who like I I like just pooped on Kadarius Tony all draft process, and then he just comes out <laughs> and makes the world on fire. It's absolutely classic. Well, he he's chaos, dude. I mean, every, everyone absolute like, chaos. He's like people were lambasting Kadarius Tony. Like every, nobody, everyone was just completely crapping on the Giants for that pick, and then he just shows up and he's an absolute stud. Of course, like it's just it's such a classic, classic move. I, I now I'm I'm convinced that if everyone hates a player, he's actually going to be really good in the draft. Like, the draft community is against a player. He's just always yeah. I don't know, so man. now, Colin, are you going to go retro, go back retroactively and just hate Mac Jones? Dude, <laughs> I mean, like that actually has been working out pretty well for me. My Mac Jones love, so. I'm just waiting a little bit longer. Like I need to wait till like end of the season when I can old taste exposed Stephen Ruiz. For how how great are you gonna feel Dude. once you're able to do that? So good. Just oh, Mac Jones isn't a first round talent. It's gonna be all over. It's gonna be so look so good on the old takes exposed Twitter feed. Like, dude, of course he's gonna go out there decoration. and be awesome. Of course. I mean, like, of course. And of course, yeah, you know what? Although rookie rookie quarterbacks kind of have some interesting, dude, because they've all now been starting games, which I don't think we all expected. It kind of mm-hmm. went in the very beginning. We really only expected Trevor and Zach to start, and then back the whole the cutting Patriots cutting Cam and starting Mac preseason was surprising. I'm sure you were surprised, Finn, probably. Yeah, that was a weird one. That was um, weird. I mean, then obviously Jimmy got hurt, which is why Trey went in. But the whole Kyle Shanahan is coming under a lot of scrutiny, especially just like Kyle Shanahan's personnel decisions. I've seen be criticized quite a lot, which is interesting because he always used to be. He was. He's been from like people will either universally praise him and then, or they'll just start dumping on him, like. His receipt, people keep saying, and this is true, he do, he always trades out for these guys and then just puts them in the doghouse forever. And then, like, what is he doing? Why is he trading out for Trey Sermon and then just starting a sixth-round rookie, although also rookie That's over weird. Him? And why I really is he don't. just I mean, sitting Brandon yeah. Ayuk for, like, six weeks, like, for no reason? <laughs> why did he Why did he, he trade it up for Dante Pettis and then sat him for, like, years? Like, what? what's going on? What's going on with Kyle Shanahan? You got it? Pick the guy. You're going to trade up for a guy. He, you got to give him a shot, man. I don't know. Yeah, Kyle and then the whole Maggie stuff. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Sorry, the whole Maggie stuff with the Justin Fields and nine sacks against Cleveland is also crazy. Okay, so yeah, I think we that was a very seamless transition there into the the rookie quarterback, the five first round rookie quarterbacks here. Uh, I guess because Colin touched on it a bit more in depth there. I guess we'll. Go a little bit out of order. Start with Trey Lance. It's Kyle Shanahan. He did not expect. Well, I can say that he didn't expect to play uh, play Trey Lance, but then he did the whole before the draft. I don't know if anybody will be alive on Sunday in response to what is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on this team. Um, Maybe he's just not a great interview or great in the uh, the press room. But I. I'm just a little confused by the 49ers because I want to trust Shanahan. Everybody's modeling their offenses in the NFL off of the Shanahan offense, but haven't really seen the product 
fully put together yet. Well, it's, it seems and like I don't he, think that's an indictment on Trey Lance either. It's, yeah. He just maybe wasn't well, ready to play right away. That's the thing. I think that Kyle Shanahan did this to him by trading, which, like, because this is what I said during the draft process. Trey Lance was basically, you could find Trey Lance, people who love Trey Lance and did not like Trey Lance, and they would all agree he needs the most work, probably, of the five guys that are going in the first round. Right? Like, he just didn't. He doesn't come from the same place collegiately that the other four did. And they put him in a spot where the 49ers are a were hope Super Bowl hopefuls. They were in a Super Bowl a couple years ago. They have a roster. They're supposed to be contenders. Trey Lance is supposed to be able to step in for Jimmy G and take this. Because the part of the reason was, oh, he's going to be a great backup if Jimmy G gets injured, right? Because Jimmy G gets hurt all the time. Well, I mean – no, he needs a lot of work. Like, he's a really young quarterback who didn't throw the ball nearly that it really a lot in college. And we've seen that so far in the NFL. We've seen some flashes of some great plays. He's got an absolute cannon, right? He is a pretty good runner, but like I don't know, man. It's we've like he in his first game in the like he scored 7 points and he ran the ball more than he threw the ball, which you you really can't. It's hard to run an NFL offense like that. I mean, it's hard. That's hard. He's going to need a few years, probably, or at least a year to take it all in. And the 49ers fans are already coming for his head a little bit, which is depressing to see. But, I mean, this is kind of on Shanahan. Like, he's got to – got to be able to <laughs> do your job the right way. Like, I know – why, why that decision still is confusing to me, man. And hopefully it works out for them and Trey Lance becomes amazing and they win four Super Bowls, but we'll see. Shanahan could be three, on the hot seat. Three won't cut it? Three. Whoa, no. that's a that's – a, we're back. Spicy takes from Sports Talk Therapy. We are back. I love Dude, it. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if Jimmy – if the 49ers lose a bunch – like, if they're not even competing for this division without – with the Seahawks, without Russell Wilson, like, the, that, that division – is not as good as it has. The Cardinals are great and the Rams are great. Cardinals but and the like, Rams. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like they're they what if they they're gonna win? Like what if they go seven and nine this year? Like they go seven and nine this year and they don't show a lot of improvement next year. Like you at least got to take some personnel decisions away from Kyle. You can't keep letting him. Like he and he sold out your entire first round picks for however two years. I, I guess that Colin, that's the it's the age old GM slash head coach who's in charge thing of if I just mortgage the future, you can't get rid of me. You got to yeah, keep me around, and see it through, dude. Like especially when you look at some of the like Trevor looks a little better now. Even you couldn't get Trevor, but Mac looks so good, man. It's it, <laughs> like at least Mac looks like a guy who could step in right now and run the offense and what to do and they're so this is so funny there's oh this we're back we're back on the it's oh, sorry go ahead Dude, no, there's you, you can't let twitter. it go at number three no i can't there's the twitter there's this twitter quote of kyle shanahan basically like why someone asked him like why did you go get nick mullins like why is he your guy and he went in this like five minute speech about how you want your backup quarterback and your starting quarterback to be like very similar, so you can like for the good of the rest of the team. So that if someone goes down, you don't have to change the whole offense. And then he goes and drafts like the exact opposite of Jimmy Garoppolo to be his <laughs> presumed starting quarterback when he literally like it's crazy, man. I don't know. The 49ers are funny. Look way more dysfunctional than they have in quite a while. 
it doesn't help it now the Rams and the Cardinals both look really good. So I don't know. That's probably yeah, so, uh, quarterbacks. We've talked a lot about them. <laughs> well, I've talked. I was about say, I, I, want, I, yeah. I do. I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, I don't think we said much about Zach Wilson. I'll just say really quick. Um, wait and see. Yeah, uh, it's a bad Jets team out there. Very bad Jets team. The Jets Zach's made some questionable decisions, but I was going to say with my Jets fan friends, I've heard Zach Mahomes. I've heard this guy's awful on <laughs> sandbag. Spot. And yeah, they basically, I don't know. It's the type of thing where you see Sam Darnold playing really well in Carolina. You're like, hmm, is it, was it him? And then you look at Zach Wilson and you're like, he looks like he's eight years old. He makes really stupid decisions. What did we do type thing? Uh, and you, you really can't mess it up again. This would be what? the Actually, no, the Jets really haven't had a franchise quarterback ever since Joe Namath probably. Oh, I mean, EJ Manuel was probably a stud. Yeah, I mean, Chad <laughs> Chad Pennington was a beast. I had a Chad Pennington jersey back in the day. Oh, Chad Pennington was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so Jets fans, I, uh, I'd i apologize, but my team's just as bad, so I'm yeah. not going to. That's the thing, dude. Like, Zach has all the talent, but he he's going to have to prove that he can make Uh-oh. smart decisions with the football. But a lot of guys in their rookie years throw a lot of picks, so what are you going to do? I mean, his team sucks. He's only Jameson Crowder. Yeah, not got to got to wait and see a little bit. Can't judge him right off six games in. Is that noise coming through on Zencaster? Little little doo doo. Yeah, I hear <laughs> yep. that. I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, it's coming from my laptop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, that's I mean, our, so our I, signal. You, to, yeah. oh, sorry, there you go. I was just gonna segue. I was gonna say, can we segue? Because the NFC West, I feel like, has been like the champion, like or at least if not the best division in football, real close to it the last couple of years. Now, I is are is the AFC West better than the NFC West? <laughs> it might be, to be honest with you. And is the That's AFC really... North may certainly be. That's a really good question. The AFC West, I mean, I'm, I'm just, again, looking at each team here, the amount of stories. I mean, it's obvious it's been, it's been away from this for six months. There are so many. I'm looking down each of these teams. Yeah, what's going like, on with the Chiefs? You can, about, you can talk about the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chart. You can talk about all these teams yeah. in depth. and You can have a whole episode about each of them. Yeah. But uh, I guess I, if I'm picking out of those three, I think I'm going to go AFC West. Yeah, dude, the AFC West has been – surprisingly good the Raiders and the Chargers have been really good the Broncos have been actually competitive which I mean they did they did play three pretty awful teams in their first three weeks however they are not a bad team though for no, being the worst and they're absolutely not and they get Teddy back so I think they're gonna compete they're gonna win a few games these next few weeks their schedule lightens up a little bit after playing the Ravens, who are absolutely ridiculous. Lamar's having an MVP year. Mm-hmm. Dude, Lamar's so good. <laughs> he is an absurdly good player. Dude. Anytime he will say, oh, they're going to figure out Lamar Jackson, maybe he's just good, guys. Maybe he's, <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just like, dude, there's sometimes there's people on like local radio that just like don't know what they're talking about. They're like, oh, like Lamar's not that good. Or like, uh, like he can't carry his team, like throwing the ball. He's literally had like his best throwing day ever the other week 
and threw for 450 yards, completed like 40 of 45 passes or something absurd. He's just a stud. Yeah, well, he's so good. Yeah, last year when I watched him leave the game under what was presumably bowel issues, come back into the game, <laughs> throw a winning touchdown, and then have to win the game again. Yeah, no, this this guy is different. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. And um, well, I don't know if you guys do, saw yeah. the, the – they retired his number at Louisville, and they were, they surprised him. That's a good video if anybody hasn't seen that to look it up. It's a pretty pretty cool moment for him. Yeah, yeah it, it was definitely a good one. And like you mentioned, people keep saying, oh, they'll figure him out. Oh, he can't throw. He can't do this. I think what people are realizing now is – He's he's getting better, like game by game, season by season, and he can really throw the ball. And he's so dangerous with his legs that it just opens it up. Like he's absolutely unstoppable out there, like you said. And uh, it's just fun to watch. I mean, they're a fun team. He plays fast. He plays hard. He seems to be a really good guy and uh, easy to root for. Yeah, dude. And I'll tell you what: every running quarterback in the league especially you, Trey Lance, needs to take a look at how Lamar Jackson plays because the dude never takes a big hit. Hardly ever will you see Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson get hit. Because And he's so still so, so elusive. Like, he's such an effective runner, and he never takes hits. And it's, it's ridiculous. Like, he – I think Derrick Henry is unquestionably the, most, the best runner in the NFL. And I don't even know if it's a conversation right now. But mm-hmm. Lamar is second. <laughs> He's a quarterback, so it's pretty incredible. Sticking with the AFC North here, through six weeks, and that's a small sample size, but one of the more surprising results is the Cincinnati Bengals at 4-2. and two. Are they yeah. for real, guys? Yes and no. I want to say, like, yes, they are a good team. I don't think I don't know if they're going to be like a team that's going to waltz into the playoffs and make a run, but they're better than they have been for sure. They're a borderline playoff team, absolutely. I I don't think they're the same caliber of team as the Ravens or the Browns when the Browns are right, but they are a damn good team. And Joe Burrow is a really, really, really good quarterback. They are, and. I think one thing people may have underestimated was the fact that, one, Joe Burr is really, really good, but, two, how good has Jamar Chase been? Dude, especially the whole preseason. Oh, my God. The whole preseason is, oh, Jamar Chase, he drops, he's dropping the ball all the time. What's wrong with Jamar Chase? And then he comes out. Well, well Colin, it's because the white stripe isn't on the ball anymore. That clearly <sighs> makes a big difference. No, that – I. I, I fell for that a little bit, mostly I to give a, a co-worker bit, <laughs> crap about drafting him early. But, yeah, no, that was yeah. – <laughs> reports I, of Jamar yeah. Chase's downfall were – Highly crazy. exaggerated. Yeah. Exaggerated. Dude. I need – I actually am hoping that he cools off a little bit so my Mac Jones rookie of the year bat can hit. But, <laughs> dude. Hey, plus 700, bro. It's like plus 250, not plus 400 or something. Yeah, he's – yeah, it probably is those two uh, leading yeah. the pack for Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, no, it's dude. Yeah. I mean, the pay, the pass I we dude, the so I mean, Finn, let's let's give you a chance to comment on your Browns here because I've heard some Baker Mayfield complaints from a lot of people. I figured, what, what's going on with them? 
Well, I guess dysfunctional team commentary, but... (laughs) Are we breaking into that? Like, what are we we doing? I I think that's going to be a good, because I know we're kind of bouncing around the league here. If we we start the dysfunctional team commentary here, and then we can touch just a couple things I want to talk about afterwards as well. Sure, absolutely. But since you beauty... That was was a beautiful segue. Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Oh, man, I have some stuff to say about the 2021 Cleveland Browns. So let's, let's start it back here. Week one, I'm all excited. I've been waiting for this for so long. You know, we talked about it in all the shows last semester. You know, the my reaction in Gadsden, Alabama, Best Western yeah. with the was was it the Bold Coffee column that was the Motor Oil the next morning? Yeah. Was that the place? The extra Bold yep. Coffee. Yeah. All, all I know is that I was sitting in an armchair doing interviews. Finn was screaming like it was the best day of his life, and Colin was dead asleep after eating meat nachos and drinking coffee. <laughs> That was the same night. What a ridiculous thing that was. Oh, my lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, my, I'm on cloud nine going into the season. Andrew Berry killed the offseason. They killed the draft. Second year in the system for Baker Mayfield. You go out there week one, and I know everybody, like, the, the term quality loss is a bit of a fake term because – you can't really – a loss is the same if you lose by four than if you lose by 25 in the standings. But they go into Arrowhead week one, probably should have won that game. They had a chance to go win it at the end there, couldn't get it done, then come back, rip off three wins in a row. I know Baker may not have looked great in that Minnesota game, but still feeling pretty good. Baker's getting that shoulder healthy after the Texans game, and then you almost beat the Chargers. That game, I was a little bit more disappointed. I really, like, the Chiefs game, you can say they put themselves in an opportunity to win that game at the end. The Chargers game, that is a game that nine times out of ten, based off of how that went, the Browns should have won. And I'm not even talking about the bad call on the Mike Williams pass interference. They blew so many opportunities to go and finish that game. Yeah, so, I think the, the win probability in that game at one point was 95.5 for, for Cleveland. Yeah. I, I'm with all of the Browns fans online. That was a really terrible um, call on the defensive pass interference. That should have been an OPI. But they still had many opportunities to go win that game after that. But anyway, after that, playing the Cardinals at home, I'm like, okay, it's going to be another good game. They're finally going to get over the hump. And then it all just fell apart in such a terrible, terrific fashion no, ter- what the terrific is not the word. This is tired brain fin right now. I've been been up for a fin, while, so fin, sorry fin. about that. T- tired yes. brain fin. We we still got we still got a long day ahead of us, Finn. It's uh the night is young. Oh no 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 no. I'm I'm not gonna fall asleep here. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm just gonna I'm gonna misspeak a few times on this show. So I hope that the the loyal listeners and you guys are alright with that. So anyway. All fell apart at home against the Cardinals. Baker re-tears the labrum. He's missing this game. Also, pick a worse week to have your Thursday night game. I dare you. Find a worse week in this season to have your Thursday night game where you're missing your quarterback, your top two running backs, possibly your top two wide receivers, both of your tackles, your stud defensive linebacker rookie. I... I already wasn't expecting a win that tomorrow night, even before the Baker news came out today. I was preparing myself for three and four and just rip off a bunch of division wins after that. But man, I don't know how hurt Baker is. He hasn't looked the same since he heard it in week two against Houston. 
and then I, I've neglected talking about it for all of the years that we've done this show because it honestly just pissed me off hearing the Baker and Odell narrative on Twitter. It's honestly good. I, I have to say something. I don't get it. It it makes no sense. The guy's open. Throw him the ball. And then when you throw him the ball, he drops it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't get it. It's really confusing. I know you, you can make a million excuses in the world, but at the end of the day, even if OBJ is still rehabbing that knee coming off the ACL and Baker's got the hurt shoulder, this is year three for those yeah, two. You gotta get Why it. isn't it working? And I'm not even saying it has to work like Beckham's going to take a slant to the house like he did in New York. I'm just saying, like, why can't he top 100 yards in the game? Why can't he have a big fourth down conversion, a contested catch near the goal line? Why can't Baker hit him in that Minnesota? I know they won that game. They probably shouldn't have won the Minnesota game, to be honest. Baker had a wide open touchdown to him to ice the game at the very end, and he missed him. Yeah, there's something. Like, clearly, they do not have. There's something with that because they're. Like you should be able to get that going at some point. It's been a I, long time. I just, I can't explain it. I, I don't know what the deal is. I'm also, I'm not in the kid of people that are saying like, oh yeah, trade him to Green Bay or something like that. Despite me talking negatively about this connection, that's in the sense of like, okay, this is a number one wide receiver and a quarterback who's dubbed as a gunslinger. It should be more. He is still your best wide receiver. Oh, no, and he still produced like five to six catches for 80 yards, which is fine, but. Anyway, I'm being very negative here, mostly because of the tweet I saw today of the number of Browns players that are questionable or out for this game tomorrow night. I'm so pissed that the Thursday night games this week. But yeah, dude, that's brutal. I'm talking about I guess the like a sleeper here. team like yeah. Denver too. It's like tough. Yeah, the fact if this game wasn't in Cleveland, I would just already be like, okay, that it is what it is. They're gonna dude, go. If this was in Denver, you lose. like that would be like they would be they wouldn't yeah. if they was this game was in Denver, they would be. They would be underdogs in this game for sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's a toss up in this game at home. Yeah, it's, it's pretty anyway. close. It's like the line's like minus two right yeah. now. Yeah, that's fair. But before I, I kick it back to one of these two guys about their teams, I do want to talk about some positives here. Um, Nick Chubb at Kareem Hunt went healthy. Oh my oh, God. Was that, dude, that was even so as going into. This season and last season here, but oh, it's the best running back tandem in the NFL. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, yeah, that's awesome. And I know you can spell them and they won't be, you know, as tired later in the season. But like, you're not running a formation with two running backs. Like how effective can this be? Oh my God. If it's working well, it is nobody can stop it because you have two top 10 running backs, full tank of gas because they're getting enough rest in between there. They have different enough skill sets, but both of them, it's not like Kareem Hunt's your traditional receiving back who's not going to no, take carries. Kareem Hunt can run over and through people, jump over people. Nick he Chubb, I know Derrick Henry is clear in a way the best running back in the NFL. Nick Chubb is up there right after him. Yeah, oh, I would say as a, pure vision, runner, as a pure runner, Chubb's got to be second. Uh, like as a running yeah. back, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he, he's definitely number two. And Finn, like you said, you're, you're talking about having – Let's say let's be conservative here. Let's say two top ten running backs. I'd say that's pretty fair. Pretty, I would say it's pretty conservative. Yeah, yeah. that's I, and I you have you have in when healthy and well, let's go above average quarterback, a decent receiving core, and a solid defense. This should should be going a lot better. I guess what I'm trying to say. I, I should mention the defense, and I'll get I'll get there in a second. But just a couple more notes on the offense here. 
Um, I love how aggressive Stefanski is on fourth down. I know it hasn't worked out necessarily a lot. They're taking a lot of sacks on those fourth downs, but that's how you win those big games. And uh, I'm a fan of it. I know it's worked out quite a bit more for uh, Brandon Staley over there in Los Angeles, but I think they're going to get those conversions as the season goes on. Um, and then what else was I going to say? Um, I know maybe it's been a bit inconsistent, but I'm loving what I'm seeing from David Njoku. He is having a resurgent year in his fifth season. Again, you might not see it all there on the stats, but he blocks his ass off, which was something he did not commit himself to early in his career. And, he showed you in that Los Angeles game, he can take a pass across the middle of the field and outrun a bunch of DBs for a 70-yard touchdown. He's an awesome player. Look, I'm not saying he's maybe the best fantasy option because he's going to have those weeks where he has zero catches, but he, if the Browns get themselves back into contention, I think David Njoku being unlocked in the receiving game is a big reason why. And then the defense. I know it's had crazy ups and downs here. He had that Bears game with nine sacks. They were great against the Vikings. The only reason they really won that game in Minnesota. Um, still waiting to see it all gel together, though. I mean, John Johnson was the biggest signing in free agency. Him and Clowney. Johnson's been okay. I love what I've seen from Clowney so far. He's surpassed my expectations. I really wasn't expecting anything in terms of pass rush. I thought it was going to be a just a good run-stuffing DN, but he's been pretty solid there. And then uh, my guy, Miles Garrett. Defensive Player of the Year. That's that's all I got to say about him. He put the, okay. uh, yeah. Finn, mm-hmm. what are you? What are your thoughts on two things? The two most important things of the Brown season so far. Yes. One, Miles Garrett's Halloween decorations, and two, Miles Garrett's random drug test. <laughs> One, hilarious. I don't know if you guys saw. Kyler went up to him after the game and was like, "Why'd you do that to me?" Why am I in the graveyard in the front of your house? Is a pretty funny mic'd up moment. And then uh, two, let the man live. The man works hard. You did it once, and he passed the drug test. You don't need to do it a second time. Um, I don't know if you guys they randomly drug tested the kicker that made all those fifty plus yard field goals for the Jags in the London game. And he was like, "Hey, yeah, you and me, you and me, Miles." And Miles went back and forth with him for a little bit, which is pretty good. So. Uh, yeah, I, again, the defense is something I think it's kind of kind of be similar to last season with the Browns' offense, where it took them until the second half of the season to really gel and get together. Um, I, I, the major question mark at this point, honestly, are the injuries, and most glaringly, is Baker going to be out for an extended period of time? And if he comes back, how healthy is he? That's really good. What this season is going to ride on. Um, I am not doom and gloom about this team at all. I know some people are. Uh, you have that extra game of the 17-game season, and uh, see if we can get into the dance in January. Capital One. Sounds it. Was did that? you guys hear Capital One or no? I did not hear Capital One. I'm hearing oh. uh, what seems to be a very squeaky chair. Uh, Squeaky chair. I, I don't know if that's, I have a squeaky chair. And then I'm also hearing, hearing some probably aggressive typing on my email. <laughs> oh, that's you. <laughs> this is an email, <laughs> Slack message. What are, what are we working with here? Yeah. Um, I didn't study abroad like you two, so I'm not very cultured on uh, mm, on pricing in euros or pounds. And it's kind of kind of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing for you there. That's uh 
But yeah, yeah we, uh, we'll, we'll, give you a, we'll, we'll give you a picture of the setup here. Um, we're, we're podcasting while doing some work. Well, also I had the Nick game on too, but I turned that off. There are too many things going on. I couldn't focus mm. on the Browns, the, the Browns and the Knicks at the same time, like the Mets and the Knicks, the two just, you can't mix them. They, they require their own attention. Uh, but yeah, anytime we hear a little like dinging noise on my end, bad sign. So no noises, but uh, no noises. But yeah, Finn, that's uh, some pretty solid dysfunctional team commentary for a team that uh, will be functional. I'm, I'm saying it. The Browns will be functional Thanks, soon enough. They were functional. They're just back to being the Browns. <laughs> I Wait and see. Stay the course. Stay the course. Trust the process. You're definitely in the best spot of any of us three. Yeah, I was going to say, Colin. Um, Who are we talking about next? I've I've intentionally golfed on a couple Sundays. I've seen friends. I've had to work. And I'm not really that upset that I missed a couple of Giants games. <laughs> no, dude. I work during most of the Lions games or I do something because I just... It's depressing. I don't really particularly want to watch. Um... I don't enjoy what they are. <laughs> um. I must say, Colin, though, for a, a very, very young team, I do like the fight that they've shown in some of yeah, these games. I mean, they they could have won the Vikings game, could have won the Ravens game, right? Like, lose that in some Lions fashion, this longest field goal ever, you know. Well, yeah. That's fucking absurd. Jared Goff yeah, it's is yeah. so terrible well, at quarterback. Kid show. <laughs> So I we literally, we're, not, we're not we're not on Villanova anymore. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and we can call people to action too. I'm gonna do, be doing that. Oh, you're no. right. We could do so many calls to action. Oh, dude, there have been so many calls to action that I've been missing. <laughs> God, dude, Jared Goff is so 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 bad. I just want him gone. <laughs> like, I don't even want to watch him play anymore. Like, I would rather like, the, like I am so angry at Brad Holmes. If if this comes out that Tua is getting traded, and if it's not for a first round pick, and Brad Holmes wasn't on the phone offering a second round pick for Tua, I will be absolutely irate. I'm already out. He's already on thin ice after Gardner Minshew went for a conditional six that we weren't involved in because somehow we're too good for Gardner Minshew because we have Jared Goff and he's a stud. Well, no, he sucks. I want to see any other quarterback with the slightest bit of potential to be good NFL player playing quarterback for the Lions, and Jared Goff. Jared Goff will never – I have seen enough from Jared Goff in six games. He will never be the future of Detroit. I don't want to watch him anymore. I, I don't like the way he plays. It's not fun to watch. It's sad. It's depressing. Sad bad? Like He's very sad bad. I would rather have Drew Locke, to be honest with you. I would rather watch Drew Locke play for the Detroit Lions than Jared Goff. At least Drew Locke would make me laugh and be entertained. <laughs> Jared, Jared Goff just was propped up by such an amazing system. He just can't he can't throw it on the field, and he refuses to. He refuses to even attempt until, like, the last two minutes of the game. Oh, God. I just – I really want us to get a quarterback. And then this draft doesn't look great for quarterbacks either. Besides, like – Your boy. Yeah, Matt Corral. But, like, I've seen a lot – I don't know – I I personally think Corral's arm strength and all that stuff is fine. I think he's going to be a high pick, but I've seen a lot of people whose opinions I, I do respect saying that 
they think he's more of like a 15 to 25 guy or even like then a top five guy, which like, we'll see. I don't know about that, but this draft is definitely not what it was last year. And I'm watching some of these other guys and getting a little envious that we took a tackle at seven instead of taking Mac Jones or Justin Fields, but you know, whatever. It's fine. The Lions, the Lions are bad. I don't want anyone like the receivers are terrible. Our defense, we just got shredded by the Bengals. Like I, we are not a good team. We need to lose every single game this season and just get a draft pick. And I don't want to watch them do it. And I would rather have basically most other quarterbacks in the NFL instead of Jared Goff. And I hope he's gone immediately. I'd never want to see Jared Goff. If Jared Goff plays another game in a Lions uniform after this season, I swear to God, I'm going to protest in front of Ford Field. Wow. In front of Ford Field. Credit to your first folks. What's the plan? Or is there a plan? Just literally, I hope Jared Goff like looks at me and sees my sign and just like forces the Lions to cut him so he can just collect his money and be done with football forever. <laughs> okay. Sorry, well, you suck. I don't like you. <laughs> well, on that note. Where do we head next? So I have a couple more stories that I'm thinking we should, uh, that are football related, but are, I guess, uh, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Urban Meyer. Yeah, dude. I forgot about that. Actually, actually a good storyline. I, I also, that's one of my worst. If Max Jones is one of my best takes and Kadarius Tony is one of my bad takes, Urban Meyer is one also my pretty bad takes. I thought he was going to be a decent coach, and he has been hilariously bad. Just absolutely like one of the worst coaches to ever step on an NFL field along with Hugh Jackson. It's pretty bad. It's pretty funny. It's, now, are we buying the narrative too that he was like trying to get fired or do you think he no. just Dude, I think he's just a coaching God, addict. No. Like maybe he wants to quit, but like he physically can't. He and in his own I guess, twisted world that could see how this ends up happening, but it's messed up. When you're a college head coach, you own an entire city. I mean, I, look at what just happened with Ed Orgeron. Do you, you think that would have happened if that, I, the, um, I guess the woman in the situation wasn't the wife of a uh, high-ranking LSU official? It's messed up as that is. Probably not going to happen. Urban Meyer is used to doing things a certain way when he was at Utah, at Ohio State, and wherever else he's been. And he thought he could take the same approach when he went to Jacksonville, which is why he thought that, hey, guys, I'm going to stay behind and not get on the team playing with you guys because I'm going to go see my grandkids. Oh, wait, no, I'm not going to go see my grandkids. I'm going to go out to a bar. Oh, wait, I'm going to have this girl dance on top of me and uh, have his hand go a certain direction and thinks he can get away with it. It's insane. I will say the the investigation into how far Urban Meyer went that night was pretty funny. If you guys followed that on Twitter, the uh, the multiple angles of the video, the confirmation of what happened, uh, the fact that there's a picture of him and his wife like painted. It was his bar in Columbus, which I didn't realize. There's a painted picture of him and his wife like right above where it happened. In the too. background, yep. In the background, it's just like what the hell was he thinking 
and the answer is nothing, but I fascinating story. Dude, he is, it's a fascinating situation over there in Jacksonville. Like he's got to be gone if this year. I mean, he has to be. Can't they got they're own. they're going to let him ride out the year. Yeah. But I I thought, I thought it was a chance he was going to be gone right right then and there. I thought he was gone the second, I mean, he should have been gone for a number of other things, namely the trying to sweep the hiring of Chris Doyle under the rug, if you guys remember that's yeah, the strength and conditioning that. coach. Yeah. That was really bad. Um, but I thought the, the main reason that, because that, uh, the, the Khan family obviously invested a lot of money into him, really thinking this is going to work. You don't want to, I guess, lose that investment right away. Uh, him throwing Trevor Lawrence under the bus to try and save himself in that like first apology attempt was like that's unforgivable. Dude, his apologies what the fuck were are you embarrassing. Doing? Oh my god, really it was bad. so embarrassing. I mean, Finn, come on. He 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 thought it was Trevor Lawrence. Everything's fine. It was just a like, <laughs> person with blonde hair. <laughs> oh my god, I really chaotic. I mean, every year of the NFL is chaotic to some degree, but with that situation, then I I really have no desire to get very far into it, but the John Gruden thing as well, just what a crazy stretch for big-name head coaches to just flame out spectacularly. Who knows? Yeah, it's pretty wild. That's a pretty wild... God. He's... Man, like, if John Gruden wasn't who he was, he would be, like, still being talked about. Like, thank God for him that the Gruden stuff came out, and then he got to, like, slide away without getting as much scrutiny because Gruden's just, like, hilariously, not hilariously, horribly, and, like, 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 it's kind of a sadistic way. Like, how, like, that's not stuff that goes on without people knowing. Right, like everyone knew, and they still hired this guy and paid him like a ten-year contract anyway, because NFL teams are stupid. <laughs> like, dude, it's shocking. Do you get like the Brady stuff about the draft process with Gruden, dude? No, what's that? What a nut job that man is, and like a terrible human being. Thank God he's off. He's out of football forever. Yeah, I, I get, I get the narrative. I mean, obviously, it's going to be in tandem because they happen within a couple of weeks of each other. But the, the Gruden and the Urban Meyer situations are different. The Meyer thing is, I, it is a bad situation there. But it's more, I guess, I'm trying to find the right word. It's not lighthearted, but I think you guys know what I mean when I'm saying there is a serious difference between those two situations. For sure, um, at least like, well, Urban, so Urban Meyer has been like. What's like not like actively being like a terrible like a misogynistic racist human being, yeah, and really like just horrible. At least he's been like just a like a stupid person. I guess is the way to put it. He's just been like an yeah. idiot and like not like John Gruden is just like a terrible human being. Like thank God he's like dude wild. He thank God he's out of football. Oh, yeah, God, me, you have to wonder too with the uh, the report from the NFL. They're like, "Oh yeah, we found nothing else in the emails, guys. Nothing else to worry about here." It's like I don't believe. Yeah, that. This dude, is, that makes sense. This is from a, This whole thing wasn't even about John Gruden. It was about no, the yeah, Washington that, football team, and it got uncovered through that, which is just insane. That, 
that to me has to be the strangest part. It's like, oh, look like we look what we found my mistake, and they're like, yeah, I think we have to release this, and then yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what a just a oh my god, just a mess. And also, like, I mean, gr- granted, like he said some really really messed up stuff. But could you imagine waking up as John Gruden? Like you, I don't know, instead of stuff like what between 10 and 12 years ago, you wake up one day. It, like, well, it was, I mean, I it was a period of time for of eight years of those emails. And if, yeah. if I'm a betting man, like a I, I think he was still sending emails like that the day before he woke up and found out stuff like that. Like he, so. Yeah. He was saying this stuff for years and years and years and years. And I'm just wondering like, if it's going to come out that he was like, saying this type of stuff to players. Like it's, it, it seems like he was pretty loose. He just he like he almost almost like a similar mentality though to Urban Meyer, where he just thought he was like the king of the castle and he could say whatever he wanted and he could treat people however he wanted and it didn't really matter because he was like John Gruden, you know, he was the star. Like he's just like a such an ego. I guess a lot of NFL coaches are probably like that. It would make sense if they're like a lot of egotistical people, but just an example of what happens. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, and I don't know. It's also just weird processing in your head, thinking about like, I don't know. When I think of him, I think of like the the Monday Night Football guy for like what five, Spider six, seven bananas, years. dude. Yeah. yeah, crazy. And he's not going back to the booth now. So, no. Nope. Yeah, we'll see. The that that whole saga was absolutely nuts. That that whole investigation. But hey, Rich Bisakia got him a win in their in his uh, yeah, first game. Yeah, you never so know, man. Good for, good for the Raiders, I guess, for Raiders. rebounding off of there. Yeah, they're, they're not a bad team. Is the no, they are. And Ford Derek Carr has been great this year, man. Like people, people, people just don't respect Derek Carr, man. He's a good quarterback. Hunter Renfro with a W. It's been very confusing. Uh, hearing people talk about Hunter Renfro, the baseball player and the football player, you get it specified W or E. But uh, with him, Ruggs, and uh, I'm missing another receiver, Edwards, along with Darren Walker. That, that's a, that is a good team. I don't know how far they go this season, but uh, definitely playing above my personal expectations for them. Yeah, no, they've been good. I know we touched on a bunch of teams here, and I know this is another, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, talking about Justin Fields. But, uh, Colin, i got to ask you, how happy are you that Aaron Rodgers told Bears fans that he owns them and not Lions fans? It's pretty funny, dude. Well, because he doesn't own Lions. We actually beat them a good amount of times, but uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty funny that, um, <laughs> that he said that. that was I was reading that, and that was so funny. Like, Oh my god! That was one of those things. I I heard it on the broadcast while watching Red Zone, and I was like, I must have misheard that. There's no way he actually said that. And then you look at the quote, and it's like, no, he said it three times with a bunch of expletives in it too. I was like, oh, okay, good. So, uh, yeah, the Packers are uh, yeah Aaron Rodgers the whole off season thing. I I do believe I guess that he was you know thinking about leaving, but. The second he gets back in uniform, it doesn't matter what team he's playing yeah. for. He's going to go out there and win. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to go light it up. Yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. He's a stud. I don't think he's. I don't think the Packers are good enough to win a Super Bowl. But 
They're definitely going to be another NFC championship run. Yeah, something like that. They're a good team. They are a good team for sure. All right, let's see if we can. I know I'm just kind of looking at the standings right now for anybody uh, interesting. Uh, Tom Brady at 42 years old. Fact check that he could be 52 for all I'm concerned. Oh, uh, they're sitting pretty at five and one again. Yeah, 44. Dude. Excuse me, he's 44. Yeah, he's a uh, he's pretty good fan. And the thing like that just continues to amaze me is he knows his game. He knows it so well. Everyone knows it well, and no one can stop him. The man, I don't know. He knows how to play football. He's still got arm strength at 45, and Really shows no sign of stopping this point. And beyond that, how about Gronk the first few weeks? Now, granted, he got wow. hurt, but uh, like, what year is it? Finn, is it like the 2012 the Patriots? That is something I really didn't see coming. Sorry, go ahead, Colin. No, you're good, dude. Yeah, they, the, the Bucs are just – Brady's just cementing his legacy as the best one to do it by a significant margin. Like, the fact that – the only thing you could ever say was, oh, he had a great coach, he had a great – and then he goes at 42 and he wins it with Arians, and now he's 42 and he's 5-1 in his second season and he might – they look like if not the favorites, they're a top three team in the NFL for sure. Like just unbelievable what they're doing, man. It's so – I so much respect. And you know what? While we're here, all season Lenny, love to see it. Not just playoff mm-hmm. Lenny anymore. Give Lenny the reins, let him ride, let him take you places. Play well, off I, Lenny. I should should fully disclose I do have Leonard Fournette on my fantasy team, so actually really, yeah, shocking. Didn't I see know. that coming. No, there's no. I know that. People, <laughs> I, I just talk about guys all the time that aren't on my fantasy teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know this is a very sorry. Go ahead. If we're going on about uh, our fantasy teams that no one cares about, we've got mm. a dilemma here, boys. Where's I got roped you? into four leagues. That That is never a good idea. I yeah. mostly did them like, oh, I'll be social. I'll join. Like, we'll stay in touch with people. The expensive league is the Golden League. My team is sick. Uh, I'm leading the league in points in first place. Been the top scorer, I think, three out of six weeks. Things looking good. My other teams, I've got four teams. <laughs> they have three combined wins. And uh, it's not looking good. One of them is a punishment league. And uh, is it too early in the season to be rooting to not finish in last? What do we think? Never too early. We're, we're going for ninth right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Finn, you like this punishment being a stats guy. Uh, mm. It is to go to a WNBA game, a college game, or like a women's college game of choice. It's like, okay, you get to go to a basketball game. Oh, no, no, no. You don't have your phone, and you have to do the box score on a piece of paper. And if there's one stat that's wrong, like if I miss a rebound, a turnover, a steal, anything, you go back and do it again. So it's, it's essentially your PFF job, but like live. I was going to say, I honestly, like, I kind of feel like I would enjoy that. But a situation that gets into like like charging turnovers and like make, that could be a little hairy. And if you're off by one there, that's really tough. Yeah, that's, so uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we won't get there because at, at the moment, four out of my first five picks are on the injured reserve. Oof. But sorry, the the 
the important league is doing well. So that's all we need to hear. And that's, that, nice. that's all for my that's all for my uh, portion of fantasy. my fantasy team that no one cares about. Hey dude, my teams are my teams are combined. Wait, what, how many games have they played? Six. Six. My teams are combined like can't count like 15, 15 and three so far this year. How a boy, dude. Cooper Cup, man. Cooper Cup. What's up, Cooper Cup? We can talk about. Cooper I've Cup. got in the in the Goldman League my good team. My receivers in a 16-man league are Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, and Hollywood Brown. Dude, again, can we talk, let's talk about some of these, these guys that have been like Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, Hollywood Brown. I mean, guys that just were not – have been breaking out this year out of nowhere. It's crazy. I, I mean, and they've all like – they all look like they're pretty sustainable guys. I mean, they're, they're not guys that didn't have talent. Or that haven't at least done it a little bit before, but it's crazy how how much they've blown up this year. Yeah, and Colin, to your point about Cooper Cup, we've heard you talk about how great Matthew Stafford was all these years. Uh, I think we're seeing it. He he, dude, Stafford, Stafford has made the Rams look significantly better for sure. He is. You can tell immediately he's a significant upgrade over Goff, and the Rams are gonna make a run, contend for a Super Bowl for a few years. It's going to be awesome. Good for him, man. Good for Matty. Oh, we beat us by 50 this week. That's the spirit. Yeah. I literally uh, just want, I want him <laughs> to just make Jared Goff cry on the field. <laughs> on the field. Literally, like, the, I want yeah. Matt Stafford to, like, point at Jared Goff and just Jared Goff just break down in tears and, like, run off the field. My goodness. Um, yeah, talking about a couple of uh, specific players that we can comment on for a second. Yeah, we already mentioned Jamar Chase. Uh, how about the defensive side of the ball getting love? I know on this show we've uh, – I don't remember the exact quote, but I, I think it was Colin that said, like, you said you hate defense or something like that. Um, how about Trayvon Diggs? Dude, he's awesome. He's so good. He's. A, I mean, hey, he's got, he's got more catches and more touchdowns than – I mean, like, I saw this, someone was like, yo, who do I start in fantasy? Trayvon Diggs or Brandon Ayuk? Like, they have the same amount of catches. <laughs> and someone was like, definitely start Trayvon. He's got two touchdowns, Ayuk has zero. So, I mean, it's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, seven interceptions. And it's not like, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple, but it's not like these are just, like, gimme interceptions, stuff like that. It's like a tip pass, and it's right to him. He is making contested catches He's gotten moves. He's bringing in some of them back for touchdowns. And you're like, wow, this guy could have been a playing receiver. And then you remember, it's like, oh, yeah, who's his brother? Stefan. So, yeah, he's there you stone. go. Yeah. All right. Does anybody have any other NFL storylines they want to touch on? I have another. It's football-related, but it's not NFL. Um, I feel like I had – I don't even remember. I mean, like – we can kind of, we, we can, can talk about how Micah Hyde is the bravest man on the face of the planet. Oh, for the uh, the tackle on Derrick Henry. <laughs> like if Derrick Henry was like, like he had enough. I I heard that I forget. I think it was one of the fantasy footballers who was saying this, but he said like he had enough time to like look up at Derrick Henry, like stand there, have to like think about how to tackle him. 
evaluate all of his life choices up to that point. Like he had a lot of time, and just dude, I would be so scared if Derrick Henry was running at me. Like there would be if if Derrick Henry. So say like Derrick Henry is running straight at you, and you have to try and tackle him a hundred times, and it resets every time. Like he isn't like you're not like every time after you die, like you don't like you can reset fully health wise for the next chance. How many times do you think you would tackle him? Zero, I think, is the proper answer for basically everyone. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, doing the, the bit from Dodgeball where it's like, uh, oh, yeah, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you can dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. If you can – I guess dodging isn't the right thing, but I'm saying if Derrick Henry's running after you and you tackle him, you should be president of the world. Dude. It's just like – The entire world. The, the entire world. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say U.S., but I didn't want to limit it to U.S. You wanted to, no. like, just It should, it should be illegal to insane. move that fast, being that big. <laughs> it, it should be literally against the law for a person yeah. that large to move that fast. It's like how, like, uh, boxers have to register their hands as weapons. Like, Dude, Derrick he, Henry is just as a weapon. He's a human. He has to register, weapon. like, himself as a weapon. Like, just yeah, his exactly. entire frame. Dude, he's. I mean, he's he's what he's on pace for like twenty two hundred yards and like who even three thousand. Just tack yeah. it on. He is an unbelievable player that we Dude. are uh, blessed to be able to be watching yeah. with our own eyes right now. It's really, really insane Dude. what he's doing in an era where running backs are being devalued. Um, he's a stud. Just crazy. It's crazy. It's. I mean, yeah. And Speaking of crazy. Sorry. Speaking of crazy. I've been scrolling through my uh, my Twitter likes in the past couple of months, picking out anything interesting. I completely forgot about this. This is from about a month and a half ago. Bishop Sycamore. Yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah, the team that wasn't actually a team. That was so funny. They're not a real team. What a, for anybody that doesn't know what this story was, basically. Uh, Early in the season, I guess before college football and NFL really picks up, ESPN will broadcast some marquee high school games, and they had renowned powerhouse IMG Academy playing against what looked like another prep school named Bishop Sycamore based out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, They made their way onto ESPN. They got absolutely destroyed by IMG Academy. And then people did some digging. It's like, oh, what's going on here? Bishop Sycamore is listed as an online-only prep school. It's not a real school. They don't go to class. Some of the players are 19 and 20 years old. They're not high schoolers. And they basically lied about having a bunch of ESPN top 100 recruits to get their way onto ESPN, which is kind of absurd if you think about it. That yeah, no, they said that we have ESPN top 100 recruits, and ESPN's like, oh, yeah, good, cool, like, what you didn't check that so i i was fascinated with this story for like the three days that it was making the rounds here i read an article i think it was on complex from a uh a former player at bishop sycamore they changed names i can't remember what the name before was uh it was another like religious affiliated name oh also there's not a bishop sycamore that's not a person that exists in history isn't sycamore like a tree it is a tree yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
but yeah, the the former player was saying it was honestly a tragic story. How saying they like he got promised that they were going to be on Netflix. He got promised that they had all these recruits that they were going to get all this new stuff. Um, they had their housing in a hotel, and it turns out that the guy was using uh like bounced checks to pay for it, and then they finally caught up to him. That's why I think that another thing that came out is that the the coach had a warrant for his arrest. That's because he just wasn't paying for the hotels that they were at. Um, just a truly, truly insane story that, uh, I don't know if we've heard the last of it, but I am uh, very much looking forward to in five years when Netflix releases their, uh, Bishop Sycamore, a docu-series. It's going to be must watch for sure. That's all I know. All right. Let's see. Anybody got anything else? I found a, uh, I guess it's a bulletin board material. It's kind of long, but it's something I want to read out. Um, it, it came on before the show, and I feel like it has to be mentioned. Uh, bulletin board material out of Colin Finn. I feel like Colin's probably generated some very bulletin board worthy materials in the past six months. Uh, yeah. One of which was apparently Colin. You left your iPad on top of your car, tried to drive to Timmy H, and uh, didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah, that is a classic. That that's definitely gonna be. That's classic. Yeah, you know, I leave stuff on top of my car a lot, but that was definitely the worst example of it. Usually, it falls off before I leave the driveway. It's like a coffee cup or something. This was more expensive and hurt me a little more. But it's not that expensive because Colin is now not an accountant. He's just a bartender who studies for accounting exams and plays golf. Exactly. I mean, I'm honestly fine with just studying for these exams forever and never actually passing and becoming an accountant. You know, it's fine. Pretty happy with my life right now. There we go. I feel like we just need some, some general Colin commentary. That's always a good idea. Um, also, I, I uh, think you guys have seen it. I was I meant to ask it to you also before we started the show. Uh, we never got a Venmo request from New York, but I saw it, it just came through tonight. Um, that was a chaotic day. Yeah, yeah let's. Uh, we can go through that one, but first of all, my response to that. So I was gonna. So our friend Emily ended up covering the bill, and like I thought, I saw a Venmo request. I just wasn't paying attention to it, and then I went to go Venmo my roommate Jack for uh, electricity and uh, internet for the month. I was like, hmm, I don't recall paying for that. And I'm like, oh, I'll text her later in the week. And uh, she sent her questions now, and I said, "Oh, what do you mean? Colin picked up the tab. Like, I don't know what we're talking about. He just he came in, he visited. Exactly. He, he bought everyone. Like, I didn't know that. Apparently, New York. Like, dude, I didn't realize that New York City is like just wildly expensive. Like, I just remember like flat like snippets of the night, just like paying like sixteen dollars for like a like a Moscow Mule with some like bourbon in it, and paying like." ten dollars for like a draft guinness or something ridiculous like yeah or 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 tipping 75 percent on your bill you know was tough too. yeah <laughs> hey you know i just i support the service industry you know it's uh that's really what it is i just love i love the i love helping people out you know the whole thing so thank you for doing that sean because otherwise that would have been a, a tragic realization down the line that she never got paid back so now everything's yeah, right in the I, world i think there. i also it also reminded me that i, I think i also have to send out requests but like i don't 
know. I have it do. written in my phone who paid for what. Maybe I should send a picture of that. I'll do that after this. But also, um, the, so the, the night itself, wonderful. Went out to a couple bars, hung out, had some Italian food. But uh, I must say, playing Beth Page Black in the pouring rain with Colin <laughs> and then getting a Venmo request after in the Colin Finn fashion of Colin goes, golf minus things I've paid for for you. So golf minus food. <laughs> Minus drink, minus this, minus that. Just class. Can't beat it. Oh, my God. Dude. Absolutely unreal. I got to get out to Bathpage again, like, ASAP. With my fake New York ID I'm going to order online. What? Just kidding. I didn't say that government. You're not listening. What are we doing? (laughs) So, if... Pretend you're in, like, the, the virtual world that Alec talks about. Sure. What would you do? You would uh, NFT it. Yes. NFT it all. NFT everything. I don't even Colin know what's going on with NFTs, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not super mad that I don't hear about NFTs ever anymore. I'm a little sad, but like not that sad. Like 20% sad. 20% sad. Okay. Yeah, so it's, just, it's, it's not my thing. <laughs> I, is Top Shot still like around? Like, Is that still happening? I don't know. Was, I, don't know. Was, I, like, I mean, I'm in the green there, so that, that's that's all I cared about. There you go. So, there's that. Anyway, yeah, um, I severely derailed this here, Finn. What were we supposed to be talking about? <laughs> what we we're talking about the New York. Talk about Carmines. The chaos are we going, there. Are we gonna go to Bulletin Board material or something. We're gonna go to Bulletin Board material. Like I said, mine is pretty long. It's it's from a video. Or, can I jump into it now if that's all right? Sure. I'll allow so, it. So, thank, thank you both. <laughs> um, I think I've mentioned them before on this show. Probably my favorite channel on YouTube. It's called Secret Base. It's SB Nation's video department. It is absolutely phenomenal if you want stories told with sports and data, even some non-sports stuff in the most like entertaining way possible. These guys have it all, specifically John Boyce and Alex Rubenstein. They have a show called Dorktown, and they released this seven-part special called The History of the Atlanta Falcons. You'd be like, what? I'm not a Falcons fan. Why would I be interested in that? Each episode's 45 minutes. The last one's an hour and a half. Oh, my God, it is so good. I could not recommend it enough to everybody to watch it. But this specific part of the last episode of a Falcons fan named Stephen Godfrey, who contributed to this documentary series, telling his experience at the end of Super Bowl 51, which is the famous Patriots comeback, had me dying laughing. I watched it at least five times. I have to repeat it to you guys. It's going to take a little bit, but please bear with me. Here we go. This is from Stephen Godfrey. I decided that the confetti would not touch me. That was the line that I drew. That was the one indignity that I refused in my entire life. I'm reading it off a YouTube caption, so it's going to take me a little bit. As an Atlanta Falcons fan, the bags released from the NRG Stadium ceiling, and I just started hopping along empty seats around and through Patriots fans, behind Falcons fans doing the same thing, abandoning the sight of what had happened as fast as damn possible. This manic exit is probably the most athletic feat of my adult life. 
the dry <laughs> sorry the dry heaving started as soon as I got to the concourse. One of the official partners of the Super Bowl was Uber. But the service itself was a nightmare to navigate. Thousands of people wandered through the different layers of security around the stadium because you don't just enter or exit the stadium at the Super Bowl. You go through tiers of checkpoints like customs. The system was implemented after 9-11 to slow mass migration in any one direction and to potentially pocket or seal off a crowd from a targeted event. I waited for an Uber for 55 minutes in a single file line. I read apologetic texts from my family members. In front of me, here we go. In front of me was a man, probably in his early 20s, dressed in a personalized black Falcons jersey with the nameplate Harambe. <laughs> double zero. Sorry. Sorry for laughing. The nameplate Harambe and a double zero. For close to an hour, I stood in total silence behind Harambe behind a man who'd spent at least $200 to take a humorless internet meme public, a man no greater or less my peer, who chose to embrace both this game and its aftermath with tasteless indifference. He laughed. He bummed cigarettes. He drank from a plastic flask. And at one point, he farted loudly before screaming, Safety. Great tragedies demand great endings. And instead, I was delivered Harambe, the asshole. A funhouse version of my fandom laughing at the most ruinous investment of my life. End scene. I, there's just so much going on here, but the fact that this man, as a lifelong Falcons fan, got so excited for this, watched his team get up, decided to leave it early, and had to wait an hour in line behind a man in a customized Harambe jersey was absolutely hysterical. I could not stop laughing at it. I know I couldn't tell it in the same way that he did, so I was reading off of the captions on YouTube, but I, I had to mention that as bulletin board material from 2016, Harambe, the Falcons fan. That's awesome. I love it. That is, that's like page nine Google stuff, Finn. Legendary. It is. <laughs> it is. Again, sorry if I derailed that. There. I just, I just had to mention that. No, that's fantastic. I love it. Also, uh, since I found out about an hour ago, did you know Villanova football is number five in the country? I know they beat James Madison. I didn't know they were that high though. That's awesome. They Apparently, yeah. When, uh, Actually, that's a lie. They did not almost. They scored two touchdowns against Penn State. They did not almost they, beat them. Redacted. They covered. They covered. Finn. It's only they covered. There we go. That's what you want. They covered. They covered against Penn State. Yes. Um, outside of the football world, we also have Villanova basketball starting up. Uh, Colin Gillespie, preseason Big East Player of the Year. Jay Wright, preseason Coach of the Year, ranked number fourth, four in the country. Blue white game looked explosive. We got some big things ahead. Yeah, Villanova basketball yeah, I, looking good this year. Feels weird not to be there. I, yeah, it does. It's all the same guys. Seeing like Eric Dixon and Brandon Slater posting like back for another year, and it's like, oh man, it yeah. feels. It feels. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure, I know, Sean, you talked about going to that game at the Garden. I know it's on a Tuesday night, but i got to find my way to at least one game, whether it be St. John's in New York or the Providence game. Uh, 
not fully ready to be done with Villanova basketball games yet, so I will find my way somewhere. He de- he definitely will. I'm not concerned, and uh, I'm heading back again this weekend. My second time back on campus since I've been gone uh, with Alec, and it involves an early morning train, so uh, it should be interesting. There you go. Like that. That sounds good. I didn't know that it was homecoming. Like Alex sent me a text. We were talking about something else, and he sent me a text a couple of days ago. Like, hey, you going to homecoming? I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> I didn't know. So I said about the, the same thing is. until until I yeah. bought a train ticket. Nice, nice. But uh, I'm trying to think, anything else that we need to cover? Again, this is. It's not even like this is like week one for us. It's like it's a bizarre situation. It's almost eleven p.m. We're all doing this after work. Some of us are doing it during work, <laughs> and uh, the structure's all messed up. I'm trying to think anything else. I could talk about baseball for a little bit, but I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm I was gonna net- say, uh, is yeah. is Laz Diaz? Your favorite person in the world now? Okay, so I maybe this is also because of the uh, the situation I'm in with the Browns right now, where it's like you can't just blame the referees for losing the Chargers game. Um, yeah, that was a really bad call by Laz Diaz. Nathan Navaldi should have gotten that strike three last night. Also, I will have to mention I, I was at that game and it was <laughs> pretty devastating to not see the punch out there. And then I watched every single person in the crowd, again, still a one-run game, just absolutely distraught when Martin Perez entered the game last night. And he did not uh, do anything to change those people's expectations. This man gave up seven runs on 11 pitches. The game was tied going into the top of the ninth. And by the bottom of the ninth, it was 9-2. to two. They lost, I think, 9-1 to one tonight. Um, going back to Houston, I mean, I'm really, really happy with how this Red Sox season has gone. It's been way, way, way more than I could have ever expected, but, um, sensing danger right now here. Yeah. Not where you want to be down three to the Astros, but they looked so good in games. Out of nowhere. And... I wasn't expecting, to be honest. The Astros look really good heading into the series, and then all of a sudden the Red Sox turned it on or hitting grand slams left and right. And then all of a sudden the last you get one bad one bad call, ball bounced the wrong way, and now you get your back against the wall. But, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to see seven games, and I'm uh, as much as, as weird as it sounds, out of the teams left, I'm definitely a Red Sox fan. Um, Thanks, man. Not to hear it. Not a, I'm just, not really, I've been, not really a big Braves guy or Dodgers guy, and uh, the Astros tore up my heart after I, I was an honorary Astros guy, but not anymore. Yeah, I've been getting chirped by my Yankees fan friends from back home, so that's nice to hear somebody's with the cause here. There we go, all on the same team. On the same team. I know. I just keep us. I feel there has to be something else here. Let me, let me do another quick search. I think that uh, Nick Celtics game went to double overtime. Oh, 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 I got a major little weedle here. Oh, what we got Colin. Colin knows about this one. Um, 
So I was trying to be responsible. So I knew Colin, was, I knew you guys were coming Saturday. I knew I was going to play golf for Colin Sunday. I cranked up all my work Friday night. I think I went somewhere Friday night. don't remember. Whatever. Finished my work. So the goal was to get as much done as I could so I could be ready to go Sunday. Sunday morning, I wake up at 7.30 in the morning, crank out a little bit of work, go to church. And on my way back, I'm like, oh, like let me go get some bread. I'm going to make a sandwich to bring to play golf so I'm not hungry mid-round. Sounds pretty responsible. So I stop at the Apple Gourmet Deli, which I've never been to, but I've walked by like, let's say, 100 times. Go in. I'm like, oh, let's. I'll get breakfast. Like, I don't have any in my apartment. So I order bacon, egg, and cheese, and I pick up what I think is a roll. I ask the guy, is this a roll? He says, yes. I'm like, okay. Like, sure, it's a roll. Looks like a roll. Smells like a roll. Feels like a roll. But I was a little skeptical because it was wrapped in plastic wrap, which isn't really normal. Go back to my apartment. Still skeptical of this roll because I was charged two seventy five for it, and I was like, geez. Like, I know Colin said the city's expensive, and I've realized the city's expensive, but two seventy five for a roll? That's that's next level here. So the only thing I had in my fridge was chicken parm. So I slice open this roll, put chicken parm on, wrap it up, go to the golf course. I break it out on hole number five and take a bite. It's very, very sweet and cheesy. And uh, I take a look, and it turns out this was not a roll, but it was a cheese danish. (laughs) (laughs) So here I am eating this. I'm eating this sandwich. Oh Colin's God. on a tee. I just started laughing, and it was pouring rain. They're very confused with what happened. I explained the situation. They're just baffled. Like, how to do that? You're an idiot. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, the top 80% is roll. The bottom 20% is all cheese. But here I am. I'm hungry. I'm on the golf course. I finished it. Was it good? Actually, it was kind of good. I don't know. I might be honest. So did, you, here. did you discover something right here? So you mean is a cheese <laughs> – so if it was the top 80% was like a roll, did you have like one side of the bread was like basically just all bread and the other side had all the cheese in it? Or was <laughs> Pretty much. It was like, I don't know, just <laughs> take the inside of a cheese danish and slap it on the bottom of chicken parm. Cold. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of like you're doing the, I know they have those like sweet buns, I don't know if the King's Hawaiian that Arby's likes to put in their sandwich a lot. Um you're just taking that to the next level right there by just having a pastry be the bread that innovation. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say I did it on purpose. I did not. And, uh, it, the story, I think the story gets even better when it up it's fifth hole, Beth page, Colin, Trevor, and Matt thought it was kind of funny. It was pouring rain, like whatever. They didn't really care. Uh, I happened to mention to my dad, cause I forgot about the story. We're driving by the apple deli. He, cause he drove me back to the city and I thought he was going to drive off the road. He was laughing so hard. He pulled over and he made me call my sister to explain this story who answered the phone. Like, what do you want? Like, I saw you an hour ago. Like I'm busy. And then she went also was laughing, hysterically and crying. And now well, I've had too many people ask me about my chicken parm cheese Danish sandwich. So, uh, when we open the restaurant to my first item on the menu, of course. I love it. that. That is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, maybe that's uh, I'm always I'm always looking for new inspiration, you know. To uh, basically, I'm just I I need to actually learn how to cook. So maybe that's uh, something I can go with next. Just make some chicken parm, throw it in a cheese danish. Now you made me curious, Sean. I I I can't justify like actually buying the ingredients for that and doing it, 
But if I end up in a in a deli and I'm in doubt about whether it's a uh, a roll or a cheese danish, I won't look twice. That's all I'll say. For science, yeah. Um, a shout out to the guy from the Apple Gourmet Deli who I because I even asked. I'm like, because it looked like a roll, but like I don't know, individually wrapped rolls. That seems a little weird. And it matched like if I put it next to the bacon egg and cheese roll, they look the same. So uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's a, a fire combo. Didn't feel so great after. Wonder why, but uh, <laughs> but um, story to tell. Classic. I would say uh, just a, a quick little weedle. Also, being myself here, is that uh, my mom was very nice and helped me get my apartment set up with uh, like picking out the the furniture and like getting people to assemble it, but. This most recent thing showed up a couple days ago, and I was like, no, 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 Mom. I can assemble it. I can do it. I took everything out of the box. (laughs) I had a football Sunday on. I'm all ready to go. I don't have a screwdriver. I did all of this stuff, planned it all, all out, like laid everything out on the floor, got the blueprints, feeling like a grown adult. I don't have a screwdriver, so it's all just sitting in the corner of my room right now. So, adulting is going well so far, to say the least. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Anybody have anything else to add out there to the people? I know it's been a. I, I appreciate you both doing this on short notice and later in the evening it's been it's been great to get back but before we sign off anybody have anything else no anytime uh it's a blast we'll be uh back doing this as much as we can hopefully i won't have to be doing seven things during it but uh but yeah this is where it's where we're locked in sports talk therapy is back and uh yeah a lot of fun as always absolutely boys pleasure I mean, Colin, you got a whole day ahead of you in that in that different time zone. Only ten o'clock. No, bro, we're in the same time zone. I know. I was kidding. Classic. <laughs> what what's the guy's name? That's like four a.m. out. Oh yeah. Uh, what was his name? Uh, goodness. Um, Henry. Henry. Yeah. Henry's Henry. on the he's he's yeah. on a different level right now. All I know is that Henry's yeah. on a different. Henry's level. grinding right now. Email my guy Henry who needs this information. Now, apparently. Needs it now. (laughs) All right. We will uh, talk to everybody next time, which uh, hopefully won't be in six months. Hopefully not. Go Cats.